Hey everybody, Ray Bram here. Welcome to the podcast that will help you increase the income and influence of your book beyond royalties. Book Profit Secrets with Ray Bram starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back. Ray Brem here. Welcome to another amazing session. I'm with Tim Hyde today, and this is going to be fun because this is the stuff that we're going to talk about a couple topics that scare the bejeebas out of authors, uh, sales, marketing, automation, getting started. And the reason we're talking to Tim is he is a fixer. He's a leading keep certified partner and an authority in sales and marketing automation for small businesses. After founding one of Australia's first social media sites, which predated Facebook by about five years, Tim has since moved on to help businesses convert more of the attention they create from their digital marketing efforts. In the last eight years alone, he has worked with more than 1,000 business owners in 36 countries to help them optimize their sales and marketing strategy with particular focus on CRM, sales lifecycle, and marketing automation. Welcome, Tim. Ray, it's an absolute pleasure to be here. Thanks for for having me. And let's just give everybody a 30,000-foot view of that whole progression to where you are today and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, well, I was just thinking, you know, I clearly met the wrong people when I started my social media site. (laughs) Mark got in the right places and and met the right people and I missed out, right? Look, I've always been fascinated with business. I I started my my first business at the the young age of six when my parents gave me an Uncle Scrooge uh, golden book. And this idea of him sort of rowing around his big money pit was, I thought was really fascinating and it looked like an awful lot of fun. And so I started a circus with a bunch of neighborhood kids, charged them all 20 cents in the mission and made them dress up and act in my circus. And, uh, and this was, you know, I spent all my ill-gotten gains on, on one cent you know, sweets. Uh, and I still remember to this day that, you know, it was either the, the idea that I could have fun and, and make money at the same time or... A massive sugar bust that got me hooked on this idea of entrepreneurship. Um, but fast forward, you know, to adulthood and a, and a bunch of little entrepreneurial ventures along the way. And, and you know, we talk about this social media site in a space where really you know, we had this emergence of what we now know as digital marketing. And the thing that I I kept finding with clients that we were working with was that we might be really good at creating attention from whatever marketing strategy we're using, right? Whether we're, you know, putting social media content out and we've got a billboard, you know, on the highway that attracts attention or, you know, like lots of your clients, Ray, you know, they've written and authored a, a, a seminal work, a book um, or more than one book. Um, it's only part of the puzzle. That's the thing that sort of attracts attention. But there's this life cycle of, of marketing that, extends from how do we make people aware of us right through to, to having raving fans. And literally uh, last night I was doing some editing work on, on my own book and, and <laughs> I you know, had this epiphany that you know, sporting teams actually do this really well. We, we pay our sporting teams, our favourite sports teams, for the privilege of being able to promote them <laughs> on, you know, on their behalf. And that doesn't really happen in business, right? Because we do this book and we think this is the only, the be-all and the end-all. We're going to make all sorts of wealth uh, and have this sort of life of freedom just because we've, we've written 80,000 words in 150 pages. Uh, and that's not that's not the case. That's only part of the, the entire customer journey about how we deliberately and systematically move people from, from one step along to the next. And it don't, I think it doesn't matter whether you're a you know, sole trader, have written your first book, or whether you're a government agency or a, you know, a, a multinational 
corporation, the same thing applies. We, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, money and effort making people aware of us. And then, you know, at some point we want to get to the point where we sell them something. And then we want to make that experience of buying that thing so amazing that that person wants to continue buying from us. You know, I, I didn't realize that other entrepreneurs did those kinds of things as kids because I used to put on puppet shows in my basement, but the money was in the milkshakes. So we would, the puppet show was free, but we were trying to sell 10 cent milkshakes or something. And, but I, I've been where, so I've, I resonate with what you just said because I, I've been where that author is where you're like, where's the money? What, where's the world? I thought I was going to be independently wealthy. And then having to all of a sudden that realization, okay, I've got to do more and, but I don't know what to do. And the, yeah. this whole customer nurturing and tech and all that seems overwhelming. You know, when you help people, I mean, where do you start? Where do you, where do you start? I think we start, as I said, the book is, as much as we think our book is going to be this thing that brings in all the royalties. And more often than not, even if we look at, you know, some of the sort of the noted authors, uh, Simon Sinek, for example, right? Simon Sinek's authored quite a few books. Uh, he's probably sold more books than you or I will ever put, you know, sell together, Ray. But Simon still makes most of his money from consulting engagements that come from the book. The book is just the authority positioning that allows him to then build a life cycle to the thing that he's actually selling. So the same thing as you, you, the example I think you gave there of the, you know, the puppet shows and milkshakes is actually a really, really valuable one to look at where is our revenue opportunity in our business model and what is the thing that we give, almost, almost give away in order to drive people towards the revenue-making aspect of our business. So for yours, it was come and see the free puppet show and buy a milkshake. And we'll, you know, if we upsold, we could have done some popcorn and hot dogs and all sorts of other stuff as well to maximize the value of the relationship. But the book itself, in many, many cases, is not the thing that we're using to make the money. What we're doing is we're using the book to um, create an authority positioning and get our client to know, like, and trust us. And in some cases, actually make, you know, that initial first transaction, which gets our customers to open, our, open their wallets, which allows us to then nurture them to a much higher ticket opportunity. Right? I'm never going to be able to sell my book for, you know, a $10,000 a day consulting gig. Right? I'm sorry, it's for $10,000, right? It would have to be a pretty amazing book to be able to sell that for $10,000. But one book could quite comfortably lead to a ten, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollar, you know, either you know, consulting engagement or speaking engagement of the material that you're presenting in the book. It, it, it's interesting you say that because I've had a couple high ticket clients recently say, "Oh, I've read all your books," you know, or "I've I've got this book," and you know, I'm not going to sell. Let's say I can make a dollar profit per book, or it's even ten. I mean, how many things do I got to sell to make ten thousand dollars? How much marketing I got to do? Where these same people would buy this other service based on that? You know, what's the learning curve? What's the you know? If, if I'm an author and I come to you and I say, Tim. Okay, I got this book. I love what I do, but I don't like marketing. I don't like sales. I don't want to be that that type of guy. But I do want to do more with my book. You know, what's your answer to them, and what's what's the solution? Well, I think the first thing that we need to overcome is work out that and, and have this realization that we are all sales and marketing businesses. So I'm in a marketing business that sells, you know, CRM and, and lifecycle marketing strategy consulting services. The book is just a, you know, it's just a tool that we use to bring people into that thing. A plumber is not a, it's not a plumber. They're a marketing business that sells plumbing services. So whatever business that you think you're in, you're actually in a marketing business that sells that thing as a product or a service to your clients. And 
when we start to look at mapping out that customer lifecycle on the thing, you know, we've got to realize that our, the only purpose of our business is to turn attention into profits for us. That's the purpose of our business. And that's why we do this thing. Those profits allow us to do what we want. Right? They allow us to have that financial freedom we want from our from our from our business. That allows us to reinvest into philanthropic works or whatever whatever floats your boat. Whatever the purpose you have your business for, right? Give you and you know, your family the life cycle, the lifestyle that that you want to want to have. But you know, the book is just one part of that puzzle. And and when we, I think we were talking off air, Ray, about this as well, right? As adults, we've simplified our process down. Right, of just about everything we've done. We've tried to make it simple for ourselves. So even the process of going to the shops to get some milk has about a thousand steps, right? There's just one part of those thousand steps in order to get milk. You know, you've got to find the keys. You've got to, you know, walk the dog up. Or you've got to, um, you know, go down the street, out the driveway, turn left, you know, you know check for traffic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's lots of steps that we need to do in order to achieve this very simple outcome of just go and get some milk. And the more we realize that in our business to just get a customer, there's lots and lots of steps that we need to take people through. The more we're able to then, you know, map that out and optimize that to work out where, where opportunities are falling out of that life cycle and what we got tools or systems or resources we need to put in place to make Make sure as many people as possible get from that awareness through to that raving, that raving fan stage at the other end. Yeah, I think you tell me how it's been for you. But as I got into this world, you start thinking you've got to make it so complicated. And I need this, you know, they need to go through this funnel here and this funnel. And this ends up this bunch of spaghetti. And now I'm to the point where I'm doing what you, you're telling. If I would have heard you five years ago, then save me a lot of grief. But now I'm trying to simplify everything because my clients don't need complication. They just need more of what I can share. Yeah. You know, how, how does how do you start with that mindset? I think, um, I mean, really great question. How do you start with that mindset? I think you're working out the stuff that we're doing is not working for a start. As, as entrepreneurs, we have to keep optimizing. The more we work on our business, you know, David Jennings talks about it in Systemology. You know, um, we've got Michael Gruber talking about it in the EMIT. We, we come to business with a set of technical skills. And the more we can take ourselves out of that and work on optimizing the process by which we attract, convert, and keep clients, the more likely we are to actually achieve the goal that we want to achieve. Yeah, and that's that's the biggest thing, right? And so, whether it's a book or an ebook or a you know an offer. Or or whatever we happen to be doing, that thing has a purpose, and the purpose is to deliberately and systematically move out you know, the person who consumes it onto the next step. And if they don't consume it, what do we do? I um I quite often tell clients, particularly clients who have got kids, you know, have you ever asked your kids to clean their bedroom? Of course they'll go, yes, of course I have, right? And I, and I go, well, of course they do it the first time you ask, don't they? <laughs> Right? And they're like, not in your life, Tim. <laughs> right? So at any step in our customer journey, there's the, there's the client who does the thing we want them to do or they don't do the thing we want them to do. Now, our job is to make this make sure, just like getting the kids to clean their bedroom, that as many as often as possible, the thing, the people who don't do the thing we want them to do, come back or bubble back to the thing that we do want them to do. Let's talk about um, the ickiness of sales uh, you know what's, what's the first thing you tell clients when they're like well i don't want to they're afraid to sell something although that's what they the, the dream is to obviously teach or share your passion with people but you kind of want to do without any sales um yeah that'd be great wouldn't it 
I think it's one of sales is sales is that dirty word. It, it does have these connotations of, of uh, you know I'm, I'm going to push something on, on someone. Right? Now people you know people love to buy to buy and they don't like to be sold be sold to. And so often what happens in that particular space is that we're almost projecting upon our client our own fears and insecurities about doing the sales process. We just need to shift that in our mind. It's not selling. We're not selling. What we're doing is enabling and helping people. And what I'm looking for in return is value for what I'm doing. That's all I'm looking that's all sales is really. It's just an exchange of value. Right? If I sell my book, right, I'm giving you a lifetime of my condensed knowledge in exchange for twelve bucks, twenty-five dollars, twenty-nine dollars, whatever it happens to be. Fifty dollars if it's a really, you know, it's a really amazing book. And what I'm doing is exchanging my lifetime of condensed knowledge for something that I value in return. And if we frame, I think, sales in that context, we're going to feel far more comfortable at what it is we do. I know that when I do consulting with a client, I can make a massive transformation that has a value to my client. And as long as that value is less than or equal to what I'm getting in return, then it's a win-win relationship. The other. Part of that is, I think, you know, some people come through the author world and they've, they've written the book because they just want to give, they've got whatever. And, but until you actually value yourself, it's harder for other people to value what you're, what you, who you are, but also what you're offering. I mean, I, it's, tell me if this is, for me, I, if I buy two books, I get two books on my Kindle one night, one's free and one's $9.99. I'm reading that $9.99 one first. I may never read the free one. Yeah. Absolutely true. And the thing about giving stuff away, yes, we want to help people. Okay. If you listen to this and you don't want to help people, then you're probably in the wrong space. But we want we, we want to help people with what it is that we do. But if we make sure that we get recognized value in return, whether it's the ten dollars for nine ninety nine for the Kindle book or whatever else, that allows us to help more people. And if we don't take that value, right? It's like giving, you know, it's like having your own well. If you to keep letting people draw from your well without having someone else fill it up, you can't keep giving. You just run out of you, know, you run out of steam. Well, let's let's bridge to the beginner's guide to getting started let's say okay i've got a book i've maybe i've even created a some kind of freebie inside the book some kind of opt-in how do you help people what do you suggest people do when they're trying to move to the next step which is like okay i don't know how to do the crm stuff i don't know how to do you know email stuff i don't know how to write copy where do i start well, I'm hoping you know how to write copy because you've just written fifty thousand words <laughs> well that's true it's a good okay. point but I think, I think it's just coming back to, and then what? Just keep asking yourself, and then what? So if someone's bought my book off the you know, uh, Kindle store um, or you know, just sold a copy at a, you know, at a function, maybe you had a, a press release and you've sold copies at a, of your book at some event or whatever it happens to be, right? the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to deliver a copy of your book to that particular customer. And the great thing about books, obviously, and you, you know, your delivery, you've, also, you've already got their address. Fantastic. Right? But what comes next? You know, what happens after you send the book? Do you just give it to them and say, see ya? Right? Or do you follow up and say, what was your biggest takeaway? Or, you know, hey, you might like the ebook version. I've got a few extra sort of anecdotes or, or something like that. Would you like this as well? Right? And again, as I mentioned earlier, your customer's either going to do the thing you want them to do 
or not do the thing you want them to do. So if they don't want the ebook version and they don't want the podcast version, what comes next? Right? Do we keep nurturing those people to the next thing? And if you ask yourself, what happens now that someone's bought my book? Do I handwrite a card and send it? Do I send them a Christmas card and say, hey, you bought my book this year. Thanks for it so much. Um, I'm appearing at you know this event coming up. Which, you know, If you want to get your book signed, come and meet me. So you know, obviously the, the, that journey is going to depend on you as the author and, and the other activities that you're doing. But just because you sent the book almost think and now what and what is the next thing i want them to do if we we do this naturally so just apply what you're doing naturally anyway if i propose to my wife the next natural thing is well i've got to go you know if i meet my wife right I've got to go on another date and then another date and another date and then I've got to propose and then I've got to arrange a wedding and a honeymoon you know, and then what? And then I've got to remember anniversaries and then I've got to you know, occasional flowers and chocolates just because. So what? now with that book, what is the next thing we want to take them to? If that's the first interaction we've had with someone and then what do you want that person to do next? Right? Now we owe it. If we want to help people, we owe our customer to do the next thing because they've just read, you know, fifty to eighty thousand words of knowledge. Right? They're probably if they've read it, they're really hungry for more. Right? The the, the nine dollar ninety nine ebook that you read, you've gone. This is really fantastic information. What do I do with it now? If we really want to help our client, we say, well, this is how you now apply this knowledge, and then this, and then this, and then this. Well, it's funny you say that because that's exactly. There's nothing more frustrating than reading a book you really liked and then. That's it. There's nothing else from that author. And it could be, that could be fiction, nonfiction. For me, it's like, oh, I really enjoyed that. I wish I could read it again for the first time because there's nothing else to do. So it's nothing more frustrating than not having something to do, having a next step from someone you like. That's right. If we don't give our clients this next thing, we've actually let them down. So let's circle back and just say, okay, I liked everything that Tim's talking about. But man, I don't know what to do next, what to start with. What should I even be focused on? I've got a book. I do want to do the next thing. I don't know what that should be. I don't even know where I should start to build my skill set next. As you mentioned earlier, we're all marketers. So um, what do you normally, what would you recommend to somebody that's in that situation? Um, well, I'm definitely going to suggest getting a copy of my book. Right? More Perfect. Um, it goes into that customer life cycle thing and, and stuff and you know, tells some tells some fun stories as well, including Vancouver guy who you know, married his first wife on their first date and his second wife on their second date. A nice factory who was looking for wife number three. You know, we've got to give people this next step. What is the thing we want to take them to? One excellent example I've, I've heard of this recently, experienced firsthand actually, um, was Mike McCallowitz. So he's the author of, of Profit First and The Pumpkin Plan and a few other really um, awesome books about a napkin entrepreneur, I think there is plenty of other ones. You know, and he's got not only references in his book and, and worksheets within the in the copy of the book itself, right? It then says, hey, get a copy of the ebook, and, you know, the, and, and then listen to the podcast and come and meet me at this seminar I'm coming at, right? Join our Profit First community and share your stories, right? So what he's actually doing is creating real momentum around, you know, this bit of you know, paper folded between two, you know, bits of hard cardboard to create a community that now he can now leverage on anything else he writes. Because, sure enough, because he's got this fan base behind him now, he's getting speaking engagements that he's getting paid for and, and all this sort of other stuff. Um, and if he, anyone who is in Mike's community now, when Mike writes another book, they're like lining up like we do at the Apple store when a new <laughs> iPhone comes out. Um, you know, the, the, we're just going to get it because it becomes part of, you know, we're part of that world and he's 
and he's now the guru that he does. If we write uh, write a book, a bit like you know, probably a bit like a band, you know, one hit wonder. Do you want to be a one hit wonder band, or do you want to continue creating music because this is what you love to do, right? And we owe it to our fans to <laughs> right to build that momentum, to build that community, to sell T-shirts. <laughs> We, I, I think you know your best fans, and in, in in Michael's case, I've I've been to a lot, uh, to an event with him, and I actually became a profit first coach for a short time when I was doing business coaching, which is about eight years ago now. But what he talks about, I mean, I, you're almost saying the profit first is almost the recommendation of this session is like, hey. You've got to create the next thing, create a profit. If you sell something to somebody, that's the next person that's going to buy something is somebody you already bought. So get people into that, into your system. I, I find most of my programs, it ends up being, I'm like, it's the same person bought this one, same person bought this thing. So the sooner you get to a point where you're serving people in a client type of relationship, it, it really makes it, it's a good match. And that's a good point. And the idea of just what I'm taking away, I'm going to just, I'm just going to review my notes. How about we do that? I don't <laughs> getting your reader to the next step. You know, what's the next step you can help them with? The book is only part of the puzzle. And then just asking, and then what? That's, that's a simple method to, to getting okay, well, they read the book, then what? And it could just be a, a, a quick start guide or something to get them going, taking action. So I, I like what you're saying. You, you know, winmoreclients.com.au, the link is below. So check Tim out there and get the book. It'll be on the website. <laughs> It'll be on the website by the time you watch this. And uh, great. Anything, any parting words, Tim, for our audience? It's just a matter of starting. You know, the journey of a thousand steps starts with a single thousand miles starts with that single step and, and it can be complicated right it can seem overwhelming if i pull my car apart there's thirty thousand parts to my car but realistically there's only four that i use right if go left go right <laughs> you know, go faster go slower you know we've simplified it down but it doesn't have to be that complex to start with we can just start with four wheels and it's you know that steering wheel you know, in the go-kart sense, we just continually build and evolve our machine as we go right? and just keep asking that, and now what, and now what, and now what? Right? What if the customer, my, my prospect, doesn't do the thing that I want them to do? And, and quicker than you know it, you'll have this really powerful engine that, you know, converts that attention into profit for you, um, you know, and, and seamlessly moves customers through it, and you will have that freedom and and everything you wanted from you know from creating that book in the first place and that, yeah and that's a great ending point because that's the whole point of writing your book the whole point of doing what you do is helping people and you can help them more by asking them you know where you can take asking yourself where you can take them next tim a pleasure thanks for joining us today everybody thanks for checking out this session and we will see you in the next session take care Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on this episode of Book Profit Secrets. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said if he had six hours to chop down a tree, he would spend the first four sharpening his axe. That's what this podcast is meant to do. That's also what we do on our site, our companion site, Ray.fm. So check us out there and sharpen your axe, increase your influence, income, and audience. And we'll see you next time.